Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to our weekly Triangles Meditation Group, introducing the work of Triangles to those people who are new to it. And we hope to aid you in the forming of Triangles. So if you'd like to form one after you find out a little bit more about this work, you can place your name in the chat box and hopefully two other people on the broadcast today will agree to form a triangle with you. And if at first you don't succeed, just keep trying and eventually you will form one. And always we encourage people to register their triangles with us so we can keep track of the triangles in the world and put you in touch with one another if you lose contact. We also work, as you know, together with a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. So we're really grateful for your steadfast participation each week in helping to do just that, to strengthen the web of triangles in the world. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of lines of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to vivify that link every day. So we meet together spiritually, mentally, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. And the triangle that we're creating is then placed within the larger framework of the whole planetary network of triangles, people all over the world are forming triangles. And so when you visualize your triangle, you can also then extend it as part of this vast network of light and goodwill. And as that network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate the energies into all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So we hope that you will continue to reach out to form new triangles. And if this is your first introduction to this work, we hope that you will agree to form a triangle because through our work, we can help to aid our planet in this difficult transition period between the age of Pisces and the incoming age of Aquarius. Triangles is a bridging work. We bridge to the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, but it also through that means we help to bridge and bring in the new energies. So thank you so much for being here with us. <clears throat> and as we do each week at this time, we work together in a meditative visualization so let's just begin by taking a moment of silence to link with each other and to visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Now visualize within that sphere, a triangle. This is the triangle of the three primary planetary centers, 
Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and present, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize these energies radiating forth from the center of the star through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Visualizing the bridge between the group and the spiritual hierarchy. Let's sound together the mantra.
radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. After the meditation today, we'll have a presentation followed by a discussion with Maria Calgari, in which she'll share a few reflections on death as liberation. You might remember Maria from previous webinars. She, her earlier life incarnation was as a principal dancer at New York City Ballet. And so she still carries that grace and beauty with her. And so we look forward hearing from you later, Maria. So this topic of death as liberation is, of course, one that stirred up in the collective consciousness in response to the pandemic and to the many other underlying factors that have contributed to the many deaths across the world. From the scientific perspective, and in this case, I mean the scientific perspective as conveyed through the ageless wisdom teachings, pandemics are said to be related to the need for the destruction of those bodies that have become crystallized and no longer able to adequately respond to the new and incoming energies. This is always a natural occurrence as one ages, but particularly so is this crystallization apparent during times such as the present, when the energies, because of the incoming seventh ray, are crystallizing rapidly and profoundly changing in note and tone. And there's a sense that humanity can't keep up. As people are freed from form that no longer serves the need of their souls, we can come to understand that their release is in fact a liberating and healing occurrence. But of course, it takes time for us left behind to heal from the loss. It's said that prior to the onset of the Second World War, that the spiritual hierarchy of the planet was considering the creation of a pandemic in order to release those many souls that were functioning in bodies at that time that were unable to adequately respond to the incoming energies. But then when the war erupted, a, a pandemic was no longer necessary. It's also helpful for us to consider that the Aquarian age and the incoming of the seventh ray 
are and will continue to be related to an increase of infectious diseases of all types. Aquarius is the sign of the group and it brings people closer together. And the seventh ray is related specifically to the etheric body and also facilitates interrelationship between people and also between kingdoms in nature. Some people say pandemics are transmitted etherically principally. And so perhaps by doing what we can to not only strengthen our natural immunity, but also our magnetism, we will in effect be aiding our ability to weather more effectively the challenges of such times as the present. Also by learning to work more effectively with the incoming energies at the full and new moon interludes, but also in our daily practice, we'll be able to keep our focus in greater resonance with the incoming energies and thus be less subject to the powerful crystallizing forces that are occurring now. And in this regard, we who work in triangles can aid in strengthening the planetary etheric network. And through this means, perhaps these pandemics will no longer be so effective in fulfilling their purpose of the destruction of forms because the forms will be more adequate. It's helpful to consider other implications found in this whole concept of death and what's occurring now. Some might find it strange in this regard to consider one of the lines from an earlier version of the great invocation that was given out in 1940 at the height of the war. The first lines of the second stanza go as follows. Let light and love and power and death fulfill the purpose of the coming one. So here in one regard, we see the validation of this idea that withdrawal from form by the many people who pass over during pandemics or during a war are fulfilling a necessary purpose of the logos. We also know, however, that the concept of death is more than just a physical withdrawal of life from the body. Death is part and parcel of the spiritual path. St. Paul enunciated this truth when he said, I die daily. Krishnamurti expressed it in similar fashion when he said each evening he worked to combust the day that had just passed. He forgot the things that lay behind, but first observed the lessons they brought to him each day. Therefore, death from the perspective of the spiritual path means the death of imprisonment in outworn thought forms and emotional patterns, as well as outworn bodies. Ultimately, the challenge is to bring about death to the personality, and as a consequence, to birth the soul. Perhaps because of what is occurring in the world today with the passing over of so many, it's likewise an opportunity for those of us who remain to apply the available energies to those aspects of ourselves that no longer serve the purposes of the soul so that we can contribute more fully to this transformative time in planetary history. 
It said, in fact, that all outer changes occurring in the world can be viewed as an opportunity to bring about corresponding changes in our own lives. There is no death, only entry into greater life. So as we apply the cleaver of death to those aspects of ourselves that no longer serve the purposes of our soul, we will open ourselves for entry of that greater light. So thank you everyone. We'll enter now into our meditation. Coming together in group fusion. Linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. Visualize a line of lighted energy towards the center of spiritual will, Shambhala. Sounding the affirmation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network.
hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. link with the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Let's link with the hierarchy through the rainbow bridge and sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. 
I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. distribution. As we repeat each stanza of the Great Invocation, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center 
which we call the human race. Let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome Maria. Hi, Maria. Hi, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you for that beautiful meditation. And to all our triangle partners present here and throughout the world, joining us subjectively. Uh, the purpose of our presenting some of the ageless wisdom's ideas on the great glamour, the fear of death, is to stimulate further reflection and discussion on this very sacred and natural part of all life. The Triangle's network of light and love can assist in a dispelling this ancient fear of death and transform human consciousness towards soul awareness of the beauty and liberation of releasing old forms. For myself, I am certainly no expert in this field, except for the fact of being a part of humanity. We have all gone through countless experiences of the death process and many lifetimes thereafter. This topic is so vast, too much to cover in just the time we have today, yet maybe it will encourage us to have more open discussions on death. Let's consider a few truths presented in the compilation book, Death the Great Adventure, published by Lucis Publishing and taken from the 24 volumes written by Alice A. Bailey. This from Consciousness of the Atom. Our ideas about death have been erroneous. We have looked upon it as the great and ultimate terror, whereas in reality, it is the great escape, the entrance into a fuller measure of activity and the release of the life from the crystallized vehicle 
and an inadequate form, end quote. Death as we know it is after all, one of our most practiced activities. We have died numerous times and we die to physical plane life every night we go to sleep and function elsewhere. However, death for humanity since Atlantean times has been looked upon with great fear and terror, meaning the end of all human relations and the termination of the bonds of love and affection with those we are close to. We are urged to practice the science of dying each night to withdraw our consciousness to the head as we fall asleep, to not permit a drifting off, but a conscious withdrawal. This will prepare us for the hour of death, making it automatic and without effort. The Tibetan master states in a treatise on white magic, I speak about death as one who knows the matter from both the outer world experience and the inner life expression. There is no death. There is only entrance into fuller life, a life of freedom. Fear of death constitutes the dweller on the threshold in this age and cycle. Both of them indicate sentient reaction to psychological factors and cannot be dealt with by the use of another factor such as courage. We are told they must be met by the omniscience of the soul working through the mind, not by its omnipotence. And in this is found an occult hint to further consider. This makes us think about the important bridging work being done with hospice and palliative care for the dying or the groundbreaking work of psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross on death and dying, that there is still much for us to learn about assisting our loved ones through the gate of liberation. We know from other esoteric books on this subject, like the collection of Rudolf Steiner's essays on communication with the discarnate called Staying Connected, or the groundbreaking book, The Country Beyond, The Doctrine of Rebirth by Jane Sherwood, and Helen Greaves, who was an arcane school student wrote Testimony of Light, that there is quite a bit of documentation about the other side of the veil and the work that goes on there to greet new souls into the light as they make their adjustment, including near-death experiences. Death can be seen as beauty, as joy, as spirit in action, and as the consummation of all good. We also can recognize that the intent is for everyone to die at the demand of his own soul. In the future, we are told that a planned withdrawal of the soul will be a conscious choice, even involving our loved ones and family. Death is the undertaking of the soul, no matter how unaware a human being may be of that direction. As we become more soul conscious, Death will be seen as an ordered process carried out in full consciousness and with the understanding of cyclic purpose, including the doctrine of rebirth. To close before our group discussion, some words from His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, given in the foreword of the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And he writes, 
The actual point of death is also when the most profound and beneficial inner experiences can come about. Through repeated acquaintance with the process of death in meditation, an accomplished meditator can use his or her actual death to gain great spiritual realization. This is why experienced practitioners engage in meditative practices as they pass away. So during the pandemic, we've faced a great number of souls leaving the planet in a very short period of time. We can ask ourselves, how can we as triangle workers assist in this energetic shift? And how can we reimagine our attitudes towards death and communicate it to others? So I hope these ideas and questions have stimulated the group field for sharing. And over to you, Kathy. Thanks so much, Maria. Very um, powerful quotes and your words as well. So um, hmm. I wondered if you have in your own life been able to practice and liberate yourself from your own fears of death during, um, perhaps specifically during this past year. Mm. How have you worked with it personally? Yes, um, well, uh, when I approached you in October about this subject, I, I offered, you know, I, I said, why don't we do a, a webinar on this subject because it's going on so much yeah. in the world. Um, and I didn't know I would experience it offhand and uh, up close and personal. And it had to do with um, the loss of, of two beloved pets, uh, cats. And, mm -hmm. you know, the animal kingdom is so, so vital to all of us, as well as the human kingdom. Yeah. Um, and reading the, the compilation book really helped me such a great deal. And mm -hmm. I found myself, and per perhaps because of the pandemic, I found myself much more able to, to go through the cycle of death with them, um, to even participate in helping them to pass over than I, than I used to be able to. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wondered if maybe that collective work we're all doing on death because of mm. the pandemic uh, assisted in that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I've also heard that the Tibetan said, and this is something that I try to practice, um, that we can provide a real service to people who mm. are passing over once they've already left their bodies by giving them that um, aid uh, and that support because we're told that most often when people pass over, they don't know what's going on. And there's a quite a bit of anxiety and bewilderment, even though they've released from their bodies. And so people on the, on the physical plane who have an awareness of, of that can send them loving thoughts and support um, to help them accustomed more readily to this new world in which they find themselves. Oh, on, on that note, yes, um, I'd love to share this, this uh, idea from Steiner's book that I mentioned um, in the talk, Staying Connected, on that 
um, and this is quite beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah, he says that, um, that it's the language of the heart that is used on the other side of the veil with the discarnate. Mm. Um, and that it's a language of verbs and everything is related to activity and movement and is not expressed in nouns. He says the dead do not understand nouns. Mm. Their world is one of openness and connection. They do not understand anything separative and rather they live in what he calls a heart world, an image world of weaving interconnectedness, synthesis and feeling. Mm. And that is just wonderful. Yes, thank you. Mm. Mm. Well, there's probably many uh, questions or comments more likely. So let's see what's going on. Can you, you can see those and choose the ones that you'd like to address. Um, well, here was one, I cannot, I don't think I can say the name. Do you see it there? Um, you can just read it then okay. if you can. Um, as a unity, humanity is participating actively in death in several aspects of personality and it is, in essence, a force in some cases returning to natural life. Mm -hmm. However, it is also an opportunity uh, which reveals the meaning of service for those who can find a way. Um, I'm sorry that I'm not getting it totally here, but um, it's a creative one in parallel with spiritual life. Um, there is something called death as counselor. That's very interesting, uh, which means to attend all the time to your thoughts, actions, and feelings. Um, these are times of opportunity to do so. And that, that makes me think too, how we tend to live in the Western world. We just don't incorporate it in the daily life. Like for, for example, the Buddhists do that the, the idea of impermanence is something they live with just all the time, but, yeah. but we separate so much, so. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting, I always find it interesting to consider um, prophecy that the Tibetan gives in one of his books about death and says that there will be early in this century, right. two young children that will come forward in one in the United States, I believe, and one in India, and that they will, using some type of technology, okay. be able to establish communication with those who have passed over. So once that occurs, mm -hmm. that's going to really Put make, wake things up in this. our planet. And uh, so hopefully that will be soon. <laughs> yes, that'll be excellent. Um, and of course, well, we know that the Tibetan recommends there's this, there's so much else, of course, that he talks about, but the idea of the, the cremation releasing the, releasing the spirit and also not polluting the planet is, yeah. is, is so important. Yeah. Could you, could you just say what you mean by polluting the planet? What is oh, that? Right. So that the, well, the Tibetanist has written in there, uh, for us, um, 
that it's the putting the the bodies going into the ground has created disease. And I yeah. think he even says cancer is is a huge uh, um, outcome of that. So um, I know syphilis. He says syphilis too. Yeah, syphilis. Syphilitic diseases are very much transmitted through that burial in the earth. Mm -hmm. You have some raised hands. Or? Oh, okay. Sorry, mm -hmm. Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Hey, how's it going? Good. How about you? All right. I um I was looking for the the reference on this, but I couldn't find it. Um, it, it was my recollection that the hierarchy wasn't planning to start the pandemic, but they they thought that might be the way that it occurred, the the cleansing or what have you. But then, like you said, when the the war started to take off, that's the course that it ran. You were saying that they didn't want to start it. The, the quote that I remember reading was that they use that when necessary to bring a release to those bodies that are no that are not needed. But I'm sure there are different. It's definitely related to the logos. They're not making those decisions, you know, on their own. But yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Kit. <laughs> Hi, Kit. Yes, hello. Thank you, Maria, for that. Um, I, I just wanted to share a little as far as, um, you know, personally, because I always am, as far as the teachings, I'm trying to think, oh, how are they, you know, sort of on the ground working? So um, I, I thought of how when loved ones of mine die, I, I actually, on my own usually, um, I do sort of like a joyful little dancing ceremony passing over for them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just, just as an acknowledgement of what, of that that is happening. And, um, and, and also, you know, different things like that I'll, I'll do and not necessarily be doing it with other people because in different traditions have different ways they you know, do death ceremony, but because I believe that. And at the same time, I'm aware that, that, that there are some people in my life who were they to die, it would be a pretty searing experience mm. um, for me and it's, almost for some of them it's more because of the role that they're playing in um the life of others you know like they are would be leaving behind many young children potentially or the work they're doing or things like that so i'm sort of still in a both and place thank you thank you that's a whole nother topic, isn't it? Yes. Wow, beautiful kit. There's so much there. Mm. I remember there was a story about the Buddha mm -hmm. and Ananda said something to the effect uh, about one of the chelas, a woman who was really grieving the loss of her young child mm. and um, Ananda sort of reported to the Buddha, well, she's certainly uh, not practicing her, 
her Buddhist practice, you know, very well. She's very emotional about this loss. And uh, the Buddha just reflected that this was a, a sign of her great love. It wasn't a sign of her failure, you know, as an individual. So it's helpful to remember. Mm, grief, grief work would be another whole wonderful webinar. Yeah. Because I don't think it, it doesn't leave us. We have to embrace it and continue to work with it. Yes. Beautiful. I, I see someone, um, Sue Christensen to everyone has done a beautiful link to uh, Rudolf Steiner and uh, maybe an audio even of staying connected. It, this is a compilation of his essays from uh, Germany on, on this topic. Beautiful book. Um, there's a quote, um, a comment from Eduardo. Do you see that one? Oh, I don't. Scroll up a little. Um, um, would you like to read it, Kathy? Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Maria and Kathy. It would be interesting to remember that the, I'm sorry, my eyes are not great, <laughs> that death is and has been attached to rituals, all rituals involving a passage or transformation from the ancient rituals of the mysteries, Masonic rituals of the mysteries, um, Masonic, and great symbol of the abandonment of the old life and the entering into a higher life. Yeah, it's interesting how our day and age, we often don't have those rituals. We have more personal recollections, but we don't go through a, a ritualistic practice so often. And I bet certainly as we move into the new age that that will be, will return to those, the need for those rituals under the seventh ray, wouldn't you think, Maria? Oh yes, definitely. Um, and interestingly, um, Steiner speaks about this in his book. Uh, there's a chapter called Memento Mori which is, which is Latin. Um, and he describes that this was a phrase used in, in the initiations ages ago where they would um, repeat over and over again to, to be related to death, to those who are dead um, and to remember yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. all very ritualized like um, Eduardo was mentioning. Yeah. We, need, we need this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, mm. do you see Kathy Wooten above? I'm not sure. Um, oh, that's beautiful. At the oh, Catherine Cruz writes: At the moment of my husband's death, he broke into a huge smile, and I've always thought it was his last <laughs> to me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's perfect, Catherine. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Carla's asking where the reference is about the two young children. Uh, I'll have to get back to you. I don't have it in my head, so I'll, I'll get back to you about that. But there's a comment um, from Kathy Wooten. Do you see that, Maria? It's yeah. above, at, above Eduardo's. Let's see. It's... Oh, yes. I, uh, shall I read it? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. 
I am somewhat puzzled by my apparent lack of fear where death is concerned. Wonderful. <laughs> it seems strange. I wonder if it might be related oh, to the unexpected death of my six-year-old son in 1978. I've not explored other planes of existence to the point of awareness. And it's curious to me that I am unconcerned as it seems to be, uh, I don't see that last part, uh, to be a human reaction, right? A lot of people are very frightened of death. Can it be that I am skilled in denial or maybe not? Or obviously I appear to be the last one to know. <laughs> Sorry for this. Yes, personal question. No, no, that's good. That's so interesting. Perhaps, uh, perhaps this person, this, perhaps you've had a lot of practice in other incarnations on successful passages of death and others that are very frightened of it have had not such good experiences, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, it can also be related to your the particular temperament of the individual. Some people um, just are more inclined to detachment, not in a negative way, but it's just their more natural mm -hmm. inclination. Or perhaps because you got, went through what I would imagine would be one of the most horrendous experiences mm -hmm. of losing your son that you conquered your fear as a result of that incredible loss. And it could very well be something like that. I it's hard to say. Um, let's see, Mr. McCoy. Hello? Yes, hello. Hi. Can you hear Yes, we can hear you. Hi. Uh, I just want to thank you both, Kathy and Maria, for your thoughts. And I'm saying this simply to encourage others such as myself to jot these things down when it comes to mind, because you're leaders of inspiration, you know, and you're tools of inspiration, rather. And I'd like to briefly just mention three points. First, uh, the fear of death. Both fear and death must be uh, discussed separately. And these are my own thoughts, whether they be right or wrong. Pan uh, pandemic, a worldwide thought form of concretization, being dissolved via pain, sorrow, and death, so that the body, earth, humanity, either ends its time course and or renews itself for further work. Secondly, there is no death isolated unto itself. There is no death without life anew. Therefore, let transition be. Third, community spread. Concretized thoughts of two types, thought forms of goodwill or thought forms of selfishness, self-centeredness. One unifies, the other divides. Both require pain to change. One sees the distant light, the other wears in blindness. Both thought forms from their human birth take airborne their cloudy mist, floating beauric their aura, yet their auric mist they are. These are just thoughts that come to mind and I encourage others to perhaps jot down their thoughts and meditate upon them at a later time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that very beautiful, very beautiful thoughts. Thank you. Uh, are there any other comments you'd like to read? There's one from Santana Star. If you go up a little bit above um, Kathy Wooten and Carla McLeod um, and Kit, 
sense how, do you want me to read it? Please, of course. Okay. Uh, thank you for the beautiful meditation and thoughtful, insightful thoughts, Maria and Kathy. Master Tibetan in the teaching says birth is the prison. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Death is the release. As we, as we tend to reverse everything in this world, that's a really good one to ponder that death is the release, birth is the prison. Yeah. Um, as a newborn baby is the, we are helpless. Yeah. And at the mercy of our parents, after dying, we're at the mercy Oh, after dying, we meet up with our soul group and those who love us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember a passage in the teachings where he says in the future that the deathbed will be a joyous, joyous occasion. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a wonderful thought. And don't you think, too, that um, as we move into etheric vision, this will become a lot easier? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because... But- Explain what you're saying. Well, uh, well, because we will have some indication that there's there are other worlds other than this physical blunt world we are looking at, and uh, so th- yeah. it won't, that'll help with the fear. Yes. Thank you so much, Santana, for reminding us about yeah. that. That the deathbed will be a joyous occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> also it's interesting someone is explaining their near life their near death experience there do you see that one um no i didn't do you want to read that one well sure uh if we have a time she's yeah Anne Brecht, she says, nearly 40 years ago, I experienced what people call a near-death experience, but it seemed more a true life experience. (laughs) Great light, great love and joy and the peace which passeth all understanding. There was a helper who told me I had to go back um, and I kind of lost the rest of it, but that's wonderful. Wow. Great. Merwin Clare. I would like to hear from you. (laughs) We would. would I asked you to unmute, but maybe you didn't see. Are you still there, Claire? (laughs) Yes. Oh, there she is. Hi. Hey. Maria, thank you. I loved yours too, Kathy. Um, I lost my beloved friend and partner uh, 23 years ago. And there are, are... innumerable thoughts I have on this. Some of the best sources of reading material, which are usually helpful. And by the way, in the Mm -hmm. book of living and dying, there are meditations you can do for those who are dying. Mm -hmm. I discovered an interesting thing after Art's passage. I prayed sort of nonstop for him. Mm -hmm. And an interesting thing happened. All these other folks who passed dropped into my mind. In some cases, I could glimpse them. And your prayers do matter to them, and they do help. Um, I also wanted to share with you a couple of quotes. Mm -hmm. Um, The Tibetan said that when we rise above the personal, we find again after felt loss and suffering, those who now we love as souls. 
then we realize that there has been gain and not loss and that only that which was illusory, ephemeral and untrue has disappeared. The real man has been gained and can never be lost again. I don't have the exact book for that, but I do have one from Discipleship in the New Age, volume two, page 558, or at least that's how I show it in my notes, that DK says that when a spiritual identification takes place, the relation can never be broken. Um, that's when in a spiritual, not everything we feel for each other is always spiritual. Sometimes they're actually related more to an emotional or whatever, and we, we mistake one for the other. But nothing is ever lost. Yeah. And I do love the fact with the etheric comes the vision you're talking about. We actually can see. We see them. So we know we haven't lost them. This sometimes actually happens in meditation. If you've loved someone very dearly, I don't know if this is, happens for everybody, but it has for me several times, including, I might add, two beloved co-workers from the Arcane School. Mm-hmm. One of them worked there at headquarters. Um, I dearly loved her. And another one was a co-worker in a meditation group of ours for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that period that I was praying so intensely for those on the other side, I still do that quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Both of them, and they didn't know each other that I'm aware of, were together laughing and they dropped right in. Mm-hmm. I also was praying for a triangle worker who passed and I glimpsed her. So there are communications that do pass over and I do highly recommend Helen Greed's Testimony of Light um, as a, a way of better understanding um, death and our links. Anyway, thank you very much again, Maria and Kathy. I love this topic. I think you can tell. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Well, one more brief comment from Eduardo. It doesn't have to be brief, but um, <laughs> from Eduardo, and then we'll close. Hey, Eduardo. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Maria. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, someone reminded me of an ancient idea. This idea that the body is a tomb is a very ancient one. We find it in in many of the Plato's dialogues. Mm. In one of them, for instance, in in the Gorgias, uh, Socrates uh, states that, uh, well, that famous phrase, soma sema, it's a pun of words in Greek, but it means the body is a tomb, uh, basically. Sema is a, is a sign, and you know, in ancient world, the tombs were signed, signs, signposts in the road. So, and, 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 and that very, the same passage, Socrates quotes Pythagoras, he calls it the Italian one, but we know it's Pythagoras, <laughs> and, and, and also Heraclitus, Heraclitus, uh, the ancient from uh, Ephesus in Turkey, and um, the, the phrase was that all, we, all that we think is life is indeed death and the other way around. And you know, uh, it, it also reminds us of the attitude of Socrates towards death, as is related in the Phaedon in, in, in another of Plato's dialogues. Um, to sum it up, I, I won't, I don't, I, I won't tell it uh, the, the whole of it. But it's it's of great simplicity. I think uh, the, the word that sums it up is simplicity. It's just 
would talk about philosophy up to the very end of life. Then I drink up the poison and let's move on, stop crying and move on. Uh, that, that's a very remarkable attitude. It's, it's uh, well, we find those ideas in those ancient uh, works. It's, uh, those are very ancient ideas. And Plato says that those ideas were inherited from the great mysteries, the initiations that took place during the mysteries. Oh, that's it. That's uh, all I wanted to contribute. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so let's now just say thank you to Maria very much for being with us. Very much appreciated your presentation. And let's just end with a moment of silence to link up with all triangles workers throughout the world. <clears throat>